Hi, it's Mike Fink, Head of Creator Services at DistroKid. You're listening to the Your Morning Coffee Podcast with my friends Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchart. Weekly music news for the new music business. From Billboard, everything to know about Spotify's new royalties model. How does it work? And who will it impact? Also from Billboard, a new study confirms TikTok drives streaming, but there's no magic bullet on going viral. And from Variety, YouTube launches test of AI music generator that can mimic Demi Lovato, John Legend, Charlie Puth, Troy Sivan, T-Pain, and more. Wow. Well, Jay, it is an AI world. We are to be talking a lot about AI today, as we have been for the last several months. But boy, it is getting deep and heavy and interesting. And we are glad you're here. It's episode 172 of the podcast, and we are going to start the show right about now. Stand by for transmission. This is London Calling. Wake up! Your morning coffee, the weekly music news for the new music business. It's the highly curated, agitated, advocated, moderated, and liberated digital music information that you need to know. We are your digital music authority. Now, from our studios in Hollywood, California, here's your hosts, Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchart. Well, happy Saturday, Jay. Good to see you, brother, on a post-Thanksgiving yes. weekend. Yeah. It was really great. How was your uh, Thanksgiving? It was lovely. We did turkey, uh, beef, and lobster. And, and lobster. Still full. I love that. Oh, yeah. We do lobster. That's a new family tradition for us about the last five years because that was actually had at the first Thanksgiving. Nice. And uh, so we're not huge turkey fans because is anybody really a huge turkey fan? You know, <laughs> I, I'm, you? I am now because uh, my father-in-law um, smokes a turkey ah. and then they have like a regular turkey. And okay. we had that smoked uh, turkey. It was so good. Well, there you go. Well, it was nice. It's nice to have a couple of days off, at least for us. Yeah. And uh, we've got a bunch of great stories to talk about. And um, I mean, we say this every week, but it is so true. And, you know, you were you and I were talking just before the uh, before we hit record. And we were talking about when we did our first mention of A.I. Mm-hmm. on the on the podcast and it hasn't been all that long no uh, it was with martin clancy right yeah we had him on he had written a book you know like eight years ago but i will also add that we were at music tectonics and this is like gosh five years ago i think mm-hmm. and they were talking about ai at the music tectonics conference 
but I don't think anybody was really thinking that it was going to move as fast and be such a big deal in all of our lives in such a short period of time. No, exactly. But where I, it really, for me, came to life was when I watched the Beatles get back, formerly Let It Be. And, you know, there was that wonderful scene where they had all this material that was, of course, recorded at the time. And it was uh, John and Paul were talking in the commissary uh, at EMI Studios at Abbey Road. Uh, but you couldn't really understand what they said. And they used tools for when they when Peter Jackson uh, came out with the new movie uh, to basically separate out what they were saying. And I remember just my, my my jaw just dropped. I'm like, wait a minute, how did they do that? Yeah. And so those kind of tools and you and I both have been fooling around <laughs> with some of the audio tools yeah. where you can yeah. pull out stems or tracks and oh my god, it is fun. It well, is really fun. There's so much more you can do with it than we could have even imagined. Um, and there's a new book out. Um, it's called The Musician's AI Handbook. It's written by our friend Bobby Osinski. Mm-hmm. And we're actually doing an interview with him uh, soon, uh, which we'll be dropping as a special episode because this book, it, it is so good. Um, sort of the description is, this comprehensive guide shows musicians, artists, songwriters, producers, and anyone in the music business how to use artificial intelligence as a highly creative tool to generate new ideas, polish their productions, and help to promote their music. Now, Bobby did a, I think it was like a three-day sort of workshop on AI, and I attended it, and I learned so much um, about, you know, how you can use it in your workflow. It's not just Mm -hmm. about creating an image or uh, a sound based on someone's body of work, but it could be as simple as getting the right EQ or mastering or finding the right sounds. There's so many different things you can do with it. And this book is absolutely amazing. And we were originally going to do a quick audio drop like we do. And there's just too much to talk about. Yes, absolutely. And and Bobby, I'm not quite sure when he sleeps because he tries out everything, everything. And yeah. so to have someone who's really got their fingers on this stuff. But again, when you say AI, it's almost just too broad of a category to yeah. even really. Yeah, it, 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 there's so much that it is. Um, And you mentioned that your mom had asked you about it. So it's gotten to that point where it's out in the general public and people are curious and they've heard about it. And so the conversation size has just gotten enormous in the last, call it 10 months. Yeah. So watch for that uh, special episode with Bobby Osinski uh, that's coming. And, And speaking of AI, you've probably seen in your morning coffee, the newsletter uh, at the bottom, it, there's this thing I lovingly refer to as your morning coffee GPT. So it's sort mm-hmm. of a, think of it as like a chat GPT, but based just on the your morning coffee podcast. And I've had so much fun with it. I've had a lot of people who have been trying it out. So basically think of it in this way. It, it takes that body of work, you know, over a hundred podcasts and it puts it into this machine learning. So you can go in and type in something like, well, tell me about the music modernization act, right? Um, tell me about the economics of streaming or whatever you want to type in. And just like chat GPT, it'll spit something out. But remember chat GPT, at least chat GPT three is only through 2021. So Mm -hmm. there's still, you know, a lot. We're here at the end of 2023. So the good news about this, the Your Morning Coffee GPT, is that it's really current and it's it's a great tool. 
It really is. And, uh, you know, it, like you said, it's fun to kind of dip your toe in it and just kind of see. And, and it, 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 it's wonderful times. I'll just leave it at that. It is wonderful times. Yeah. And I, I can see this, you know, we were talking to Will Page recently, um, and that episode's going to drop here shortly. And, and we were talking about how cool would it be for him to use this technology by this company called Astral, who did the Your Morning Coffee GPT, for, you know, his pivot uh, book or for his uh, Bubble Trouble podcast. So the description that I have in your morning coffee, and then then I want to play a little bit of a uh, excerpt from a conversation I had with Astral's co-founder, CPO, uh, Jack Bogdan. But in collaboration with Astral, and this is drawn from your morning coffee, the podcast, it allows you to sell your expertise, you know, uh, not your time. So in one click, Astral ingests your content library, let's say it's articles, podcasts, books, courses, whatever, and it transforms it into an AI-assisted co-pilot featuring bite-sized summaries, shareable insights, and you know deep dives, a powerful Q&A, and, and more. So you can expand your customer base. And one of the things you and I were talking about that was pretty cool that Astral has already done and is with a, a marriage counselor, a therapist, and... He's put all of his, his writings, his papers, you know, important articles, things that he uses with couples. He's put this all into this sort of uh, platform with Astral. And now for a subscription fee, his clients can go in there and let's say they're between their sessions. They can say, hey, we're having this issue with this. And they can type it in and it spits out something that he condones. So... Without further ado, I want to play a couple of uh, minutes of this conversation I had with uh, Jack Bogdan over at Astral. Uh, let it roll. Jack, good to see you. How are you, man? I'm excellent. How are you? Doing really well. So tell our audience what you've built for your morning coffee. Sure. Uh, well, hi, everybody. I'm Jack. Uh, I'm the CEO of Astral, and our whole goal is to put the world's experts in your back pocket. And so we gave we gave your morning coffee the astral treatment. So what we did was we took your back catalog of podcasts and blogs, and then we can also support books and courses and all kinds of things like that. And what we do is we transform them into a resource that your audience can use for guidance or more information. And so what we just started doing is generating this feed of impactful highlights uh, and answers to common questions and links out to your episodes. And we're doing that automatically from all of the episodes that you already have. So the way I like to describe it is, you know, if somebody discovers you now and they've got a few hundred episodes of a podcast to catch up on, how do they find something really relevant or interesting that they're they're looking to get more information on the music industry that you talked about on episode 265 and 110? Well, we can we can automatically point you in the right direction, get people to those episodes and kind of show them little bite-sized nuggets of super valuable information that they can then ask further questions about all built from your episodes. Yeah. So it just draws from that knowledge base, from those interviews, from those stories, and you can specifically get into what you want to get to. Exactly. And we want to make it as easy as possible for people to go deeper. So, you know, you know, not everybody's an expert on this stuff. So you don't always know what the right question is to ask. So we automatically generate follow-up questions that are related to the one that you just asked and are clearly answered in the material. So we want to make going deeper 
on really valuable expertise, all the stuff that's in your podcast episodes, as easy as just a few taps. Great. Now, before we hit record, you were showing me some new improvements. You're constantly innovating. Talk about some of the changes and some of the uh, improvements that you're making. Yeah. So, so previously to now, we had kind of been it. It had been mainly like a, I don't know, like a Google search box. Like you ask a question, you get an answer. And we had been experimenting around generating some little bite-sized pieces of information that might be a good jumping off point. But what we've, what we've learned and what we've seen is that people really like those little jumping off points because you, you might not always know what you're coming in to ask or what you're interested in. And you've talked about so much across the spectrum of the music industry that sometimes you just want to go in and kind of explore the depth of that information. So what, we, what we're launching is a feed. Um, and this is a feed of little, again, those little impactful highlights of information from all of your episodes and answers to common questions that you've generated and published and links out to new episodes. And we're actually going to be generating new kinds of things like summaries on key topics that'll pull from information across uh, across your episodes. And we're exploring stuff like quizzes where, you know, you can, you can take a quiz on your, not, not like a test of your knowledge, but more of like a you know, uh, you know, what, what's the right DSP for me or something. I, so I'm, I'm not a music industry person. So it, sorry for that as the example, but, um, but you get, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you know, if you want to go deeper on a, on a subject and see where you fit, uh, we can actually pull relevant information and, and build those kinds of things out of your library. So we just want to make it a, a more accessible entry point um, for the information that's in your podcast. Got it. Thank you so much for the uh, information. Thanks for the collaboration. And I can't wait to share this with our, our listeners and our readers. Thanks, Jack. Thanks so much. We have come a long way, Jay. Yeah. So now it's like a mini, a mini chat GPT that you could do for, you know, for research, for a certain topic, for a certain company. And it makes it more human than let's say a chat bot. You know, you can go on, let's say to your local cable company, because what's spit out is really more like a conversation that you're having with a human being. And then once you get that answer, you can say, well, can you expound on that? Or can you tell me a little bit more about this? Or no, that's not quite what I needed. You can't do that with a regular chat bot. So this technology is super exciting. Very much so. And hey, Jay, before we get going on the stories, what do you say we do a big shout out to our sponsors because we are super lucky. Uh, we've got some awesome sponsors, including our friends over at Bandzoogle. Yeah. Uh, built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in. How about hostum, hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music and merch commission-free, commission-free crowdfunding and a fan subscription features, mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, social media integrations, and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Your Morning Coffee podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com and try it for free for 30 days. Just use the promo code MORNINGCOFFEE, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com. Promo code Morning Coffee. Yes, sir. We're also brought to you by Hypebot. Since 2004, Hypebot has chronicled the new music industry and the trends and technologies that are changing how music is discovered, consumed, marketed, and monetized. It's edited daily by founder Bruce Houghton with help from Alana Bonilla. Hypebot and sister blog Music Think Tank are published by live music discovery and marketing platform Bands in Town. 
Indeed, Bands in Town, over 80 million live music fans trust Bands in Town to get personalized concert alerts, recommendations, and messages from their favorite artists. It's the number one artist service platform connecting over 590,000 artists with their super fans. Managers, labels, agencies, and artists access their own dashboard to manage and promote their tour dates across all platforms. Yeah, and we'd like to thank the Music Business Association. Um, They've got their conference coming up. I've already got my hotel room. Flights are booked. We're going. So the uh, Music Business Association, they host this annual conference, you know, a slate of in-person and virtual events. So industry professionals across the globe can come together and discuss hot button issues like AI and support the growth of the entire music business community. Join us for the Music Biz 2024 conference, May 13th through the 16th at the JW Marriott in Nashville, Tennessee. Indeed. Big thanks to Banzoogle, Hypebot, Bands in Town, and the Music Business Association. And of course, big thanks to my brother, Jay Gilbert, who I get to chat with every week about all this fun stuff. He is a music industry consultant. He is the curator of the weekly Your Morning Coffee newsletter and a former executive with Universal Music, Sony Music, and Warner Music Group. Yes, sir. And my partner in crime over here is Mike Etchart, longtime host of Sound and Vision Radio, formerly of SST Records, Warner Music, Capital EMI, and Universal Music Group. And one of the uh, most enjoyable parts of my weekend isn't just the podcast, you know, and I love doing this podcast. We have such a great time doing it. It's sort of the pre-conversation where we get on and you go, hey, did you hear about that documentary? No, I didn't hear about that. Oh, I saw this thing. Yes. And we sort of talk about our weeks and, and you know, what's uh, what's exciting. So um, thank you for that. Um, before we jump into the stories, uh, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at USC. I'm going to be doing a guest lecture on Tuesday uh, with Bobby Borg and his class at USC. And that's always, uh, always fun. And as I mentioned before, we did a, a great uh, conversation with uh, our friend Will Page, uh, one mm-hmm. of the brightest minds in music and uh, just a, a sassy, smart ass of a guy that we absolutely <laughs> love. And we have a great interview, which we'll, uh, we'll be dropping in a few days. So just watch your feed for that bonus episode. And uh, we've got some really great stuff coming in the next few weeks. We do indeed. We do indeed. And we covered everything, including real estate values, uh, <laughs> documentaries, uh, a story about my, my grandfather's truck that I was moving this weekend. So uh, we, we cover it all in that first hour, Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump in to our first story. It's from Billboard. Everything to know about Spotify's new royalties model. How does it work? And who will it impact? Yeah, we've been talking about this a lot lately, um, but there have been several different stories. And what I love about this one by Elias Light and uh, Colin Stutz is that they sort of break it down, but put it all together in in one place. And before we jump in, and I'll let you kick it off, um, holy cow, Elias Light has been just killing it the last couple of weeks. We're like three stories last week and another two or three this week. Uh, he must be burning the uh, midnight oil there at uh, Billboard. Really great stuff. And I had a chance to uh, talk with uh, uh, Elias a few months back because we have a mutual friend in uh, Maddie over at uh, Shark Attack. And uh, we just had a Zoom chat just for no reason, just to sort of you know chat about the business. <laughs> and uh, he reminds me a little bit of our friends over at Midia, you know, Tatiana Sarasano and, mm-hmm. and Chris Thakra. Just, yeah, they're really smart people and sort of analysts, 
but they're also data, I'm sorry, they're also music freaks like yeah. we are. So shout out to Elias for the great uh, work he's been doing lately. Indeed, indeed. So this story starts in the new year. As we all remember, Spotify plans to roll out a new uh, royalties model that will drive more money to more popular artists, record labels, and distributors while clamping down on streaming fraud. The scheme is three-pronged based on Billboard's reporting, creating a new streaming threshold that tracks that tracks must reach in order to qualify for royalties, mm-hmm. penalizing fraudulent activity and setting a minimum playtime length for non-music noise tracks to earn revenue on the platform. The details on each of these elements have trickled out in the press without a formal announcement, but Billboard can now report specifics on each, according to sources in streaming and distribution. So, Jay, you can start it. Here's a full rundown of Spotify's new royalties model. All right, let's kick it off. The first one, tracks that receive less than 1,000 streams within a 12-month period will not qualify for royalties. Those royalties instead will be redistributed into the greater royalty pool. Right. So labels and distributors will be charged 10 euros for any track that is found to have 90% or more of its streams deemed fraudulent. Right. And the third prong is that non-music, quote-unquote, noise tracks must now be at least two minutes long in order to qualify for royalties. And each play will count for one-fifth of a music track stream, according to sources. And, and the reason for that, remember you and I were reading this story a few weeks ago about how some of these, what they call noise tracks, but you know, it could be rain sounds, it could be whatever it is, crickets, um, is they would break these up into like 31 second chunks right. because after that 30 second mark, you get paid. And so... Uh, Spotify and the other streaming services, they're on to you now, and we're we're changing the rules. Yes, exactly. So Spotify's new royalty model will affect more than two-thirds of its songs, uh, but that's due to the magnitude of music that's uploaded to the platform where the vast majority of songs don't get listened to with any frequency, mm-hmm. while tens of millions of songs will fall below the 1,000 streams threshold. A source tells Billboard that policy will only shift about 0.5% of Spotify's royalty pool to more popular tracks. That was equal to about $46 million in royalties in 2022 out of $9.27 billion paid out in total. Right. So these changes have been largely applauded by the music industry, but some, you know, from the independent uh, side uh, the independent sector, they're, they're concerned uh, that the anti-fraud measures could disproportionately, that's easy for you to say, affect DIY distributors. So even though major labels act sometimes uh, engage in this activity too, uh, these companies that have built uh, hands-off high-volume distribution businesses with small margins, charging a small fee per upload Uh, have huge batches of new music uploading daily, which means it's hard to know who is doing the uploading. So um, that we we know that DistroKid, for example, their founder, uh, Philip Kaplan, he voiced his objection to this sort of what they call a penalty system, you know, on a recent call. Right. He's, uh, one of those executives described the gist of Kaplan's comment, saying, we can't determine if a new client is going to hire a marketing service that's going to bot streams until they've done it. It's like you can't determine if your neighbor is going to commit a crime. So <laughs> I can see their point <laughs> that, you know, it, it kind of puts them in a, in a weird spot. And yeah. 
Well, you know, like I've, like all of these things, it will get ironed out over time. But, yeah. um, you know, these lots of people have been talking about how important it is to kind of, it's time to kind of refine the model. And yeah. so this is the beginning of that refinement. Right. And, and this could change over time and probably mm-hmm. will change over time. But it's sort of the first shot across the bow. There was another story, and again, written by Elias Late. Uh, and the headline was Spotify plans to pay 80% less for rain sounds and white noise. So we, we've been talking about this as what they call functional music or functional content. Think you know, rain noises, whale sounds, you know, recordings of wind rustling through the leaves, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, plays of these types of tracks will generate, as we just mentioned, one-fifth of the royalties generated by plays of a musical track. And we talked last week, you know, like should Stairway to Heaven, you know, at seven, eight minutes long, should that be paid the same royalty as 30 seconds of, you know, leaves rustling through the, the wind? Right. It says Spotify's decision to count functional content at 20% of the rate for music tracks is the culmination of nearly a year's worth of bad press for rain sounds and the like. While this type of audio is often used for the seemingly innocuous purpose of relaxing after a long and stressful day, Spotify wrote on its blog that the space is sometimes exploited by bad actors who take that tracks are. It happens, Jay, (laughs) who cut their tracks artificially short with no artistic merit in order to maximize royalty bearing streams. And like you were saying earlier, it's like, listen, whenever you have an ecosystem like this, you're going to have people that are going to try to game the system. And this is a good effort to kind of start clamping down on it. Yeah, I was really interested to see how they would go with this because... You know, is it going to, you know, go to solo piano for relaxation or chill music? You know, right now it's stopping sort of at sound effects. Um, Mm -hmm. But there are things like lo-fi hip hop. And if you haven't listened to lo-fi hip hop, it's not, you know, it's not like rap music. It's just this sort of like doctor's office music that's really chill and laid back. And um, I can keep that on while I'm working and it doesn't distract me. Whereas I think you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. If I put on one of my favorite artists while I'm working, I, I can't because I, I, I want to yeah. focus on the music. I can't just have something like that as a as background music, but, uh, this whole initiative, you know, Spotify has been saying that it's intended to free up extra money to go back into the royalty pool for honest, hardworking artists. And this is something, you know, we, we heard Lucian Grange's comments, you know, about this, which is pretty funny. We've, we, uh, this last week, uh, Robert Kinsel, the CEO of Warner music group. Um, he said it, it can't be that a, Ed Sheeran stream is worth exactly the same as a stream of rain falling on a roof. Okay, fair enough. That's right. Well, we did get the Merchants of Garbage line, which we can continue to reuse in the future. But Classic. listen, you know, yes, but when you when you talk about rain sounds, that's fairly straightforward, or washing machine sound, again, that's fairly straightforward. But of course, the devil being in the details, there will be some things that, of course, are going to be sort of straddling both areas. And that's where it gets sticky with all of these things. Whenever you kind of start these refinements, um, it's easy to do the the big outliers, the obvious ones. But, you know, there's going to be some challenges, I'm sure, in the future as we move forward, because there's going to be some stuff that's going to be kind of on the line. Yeah. And how that is treated will be, that's really where 
the devil again and we'll be in the details. And, and there's going to have to be, I'm sure, some really very, very specific rules written about yeah. things moving forward. But we'll find out. We'll, yeah. We'll see. And we've been talking a lot about Deezer and Spotify about how, you know, they're innovative, yes, but they're also sort of ahead of the curve when it comes to combating some of these problems. But there was a story in Billboard this last week, and the headline was, Apple Music has been penalizing streaming fraud since 2022. And it says, you know, while Spotify is just now moving towards a penalty system, Apple quietly started making, quote unquote, financial adjustments for repeat fraudsters more than a year ago. So we do talk a lot about Spotify um, because they're sort of the leading DSP if you discount YouTube, not YouTube music, but just YouTube in general as, as a DSP. Um, it does, you know, they're doing a lot of innovating. They're doing a lot of things, but they're not by any stretch the only ones doing this. And I just wanted to touch um, one other thing on Spotify. Um, this last week, uh, Dan Rice uh, wrote this story in Billboard, and the headline was, Inside Spotify's Plan to grow its share of the multi-billion dollar merch business, music merch business. Um, and I think we should just touch on a couple of highlights from that because that's where the money's made. There was a, a story in your morning coffee this last week where uh, this musician was saying, um, look, we don't make money on a lot of these things, um, streaming. Right. You know, We're not making a lot of money like on sync and, and some of this. He said all of our money basically when we're out on the road, it's all about merch. Yes, it is all about merch. And it's, listen, if you're Spotify, you need to start thinking about this stuff because, you know, that's, they're always looking for more more and new revenue sources because it's tough to make music on stuff you're licensing. And so this merch gives them an opportunity. Um, uh, Spotify's global head of music, Jen, Jen, uh, Jeremy Ehrlich, told Billboard the company estimates the music merch business is worth around $8 billion globally. Wow. And with streaming eight now billion. far and away. $8 billion, That's a big number. Yeah. And with streaming now far and away the dominant form of music consumption, merchandise has increasingly become the go-to way to express fandom at a time when purchasing music has become a decidedly niche activity. Yes, so, sir. It's, it shows your fandom when you can purchase merch and, you know, things like premium vinyl and, and, you know, all of that. And the last thing I'll say on this just really quickly is that in recent months, Amazon music's really been doubling down on its merch, its merch efforts. You know, they've partnered with Beyonce, Mariah Carey, you know, Doja Cat and others. And, and this is on exclusive merch related to tours. And in Carey's case, you know, the holidays uh, because of that song um, mm -hmm. over the past month, Spotify has also expanded deeper into the merch business. You know, they've got a dedicated hub um, and all these things they announced earlier this year. So, I think that as we move forward, it's sort of like what we talked about with Will Page, and that is we need to super serve the super fan. And one of the ways to do that is with experiences and with premium merch. Right, exactly. Well, and it, for Spotify, it, it offers them an additional revenue stream for both artists and themselves. So why wouldn't you want to jump into that? It makes complete and total sense. Uh, and so we will hear more about that. Yeah. But, uh, it's uh, when you're, what, I mean, what's, what was the last time you bought a t-shirt? What did you spend on a, on a t-shirt? Do you recall it? I, I, mean, I paid $50 for a hoodie um, at a show. And I'm sort of embarrassed to say that it, it's a client, but 
I don't ask for free things. And some of my clients, if they catch me back at the merch table, they'll, they'll tell the guy, like, give this guy, you know, whatever he wants. I, I don't do it. Um, that's, as you know, that, that could mean the difference between sleeping in a hotel and sleeping in the van. Yep. And so mm-hmm. I try to support my favorite artists, you know, uh, typically it's with premium vinyl. Um, I love to have uh, vinyl. I think it's it gives me something really cool to have, and I can put up on my wall and show that I'm cooler than the next guy because I'm a bigger fan, you know, because I got this thing. <laughs> but uh, I would just tell uh, our listeners, you know, you are fans of certain artists, you know, support them on Record Store Day, which we just had uh, Black Friday Record Store Day. Um, support them at the merch table um, mm-hmm. any way you can. Um, which leads us beautifully into this next piece. <laughs> Again, it's by Elias Light um, from Billboard. And the headline is, New study confirms TikTok drives streaming, but there's no magic bullet on going viral. And we talk about this all the time. And, and I remember when this, this study came out, a couple of people emailed me and they're like, well, duh. And it's like, well, you know, it's you have to look at the data. You can assume things, mm-hmm. you know. TikTok is still a beast, um, for developing artists, for middle-class artists, for established artists. And I, I really enjoyed not only the piece by Elias, but also the actual report itself uh, from TikTok. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at least on the billboard side of things. So, so this study commissioned by TikTok and conducted by Luminate is full of statistics demonstrating TikTok's power. Tick, tick, tick. How about TikTok's power? <laughs> First and foremost, higher TikTok engagement, whether that's likes, views, or shares, corresponds. Wait for this, Jay. With elevated streaming volumes. Uh, no. This is why labels have been pestering their acts to post, post more. And post again, sometimes to their artist chagrin. On yeah. top of that, U.S. TikTokers are nearly twice as likely to discover music on short-form video platforms than the average user of social or social-form video platforms, according to the study's analysis. Yeah, and you and I were talking about a story a couple of weeks ago where, you know, some of these artists were getting stressed out. They're like, "Leave totally. me alone!" It, you know, it used to be okay. I want you to post on you know, your socials this many times. I want you to, you know, post on TikTok three to five times a week. Then it became three to five times a day. And now it's like, it's almost this nonstop thing. And as we've mentioned, there are mental health implications to trying to do too much. Um, And you really need to prioritize depending on what your genre is and your mood is and all of those things. And I love TikTok and uh, I I like seeing how people are using the platform. but you almost need a creative director to sort of help you create all of that, I'll say the C word, yeah. content. Um, it's it's a challenge. Well, and it's at a time when there's so much pressure to to make hits, to be have successful songs and to co- collaborate with other people. And so when you have to shift away from that to do other things like this, it really puts an insane burden on artists. Yeah. You know, some artists like it and are good at it, Yeah, but a lot of them are not. Yeah. And it's really kind of asking, to use a sports metaphor, you know, a quarterback to play defensive end or something. It, it's it, it's hard to make that adjustment. And, and we are asking so much of our artists as it is anyway. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's tough. It and is. I know you deal with it day in day out. I I do. Um, there's a in the report itself, um, and again, they did this with Luminate. Um, we love Luminate. We've had them on the show. Um, it used to be MRC Data SoundScan. 
it's sort of the point of reference for the music industry for sales streams, downloads. Anyway, uh, they did this in conjunction with, uh, with Luminate. Let's talk about some of the key findings. So as you mentioned, you know, in the uh, billboard piece that, you know, TikTok fuels music discovery, no shock there in the U S TikTok users are nearly twice as likely to discover music, you know, on short form video platforms than the average user of social, uh, or, uh, short form video platforms. Like, so like two times as likely. Right. Uh, in addition, the study finds that TikTok functions to expand its users' musical horizons. 46% of U.S. TikTokers listen to music that is not English. That completely blew my mind when I read that. That's 27% more, like, more likely than music listeners overall. And this population is 33% more likely to consider having access to global music. Extremely important. Yeah, and wow. that's something we learned early on from Bruno Del Granado um, yes. over at CAA as he kind of schools us on uh, the rise of uh, Latin music. Um, one of the other key findings was that TikTok users generate value via streaming. So, I mean, it's, yes, we, we would think that that would be the case. And then recently they added that um, quick way, those, you know, clickable buttons that when you're listening to a song on TikTok to take you right to your DSP of choice, that's pretty new. But in the U.S., 62% of TikTok users um, they pay for a music streaming service uh, compared to about 43% of consumers overall. So these are people who are on TikTok also stream music. Right. But as it, it says at the beginning of this, there were no sort of, you know, kind of really aha moments in terms of how do you do this continually? How do you get, how do you get something to go viral? And yeah, that's, that's still a, a mystery and a secret. And it, sometimes it just happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But we've all been in those meetings there it where is. Yep. lots of people want it to happen every time. And well, and they say it, it right? No magic bullet. They'll say, yeah. we, we need a viral moment. We need a, and I wish it was that easy. It's like back in the day it was, oh, well, we need to have our artists on Oprah or we need to have our artists on CBS Sunday Morning or NPR. And everybody's looking for that silver bullet. And yeah. if it was that easy, you know, we'd all make our ocean spray, you know, Fleetwood Mac TikToks and, and everything would be easy. <laughs> but a couple of other stats that I thought were really interesting. One is that TikTok users generate value off platform, right? Off of nece not necessarily uh, TikTok. In the UK, for example, TikTok users spend 49% more on music purchases uh, than those that aren't using TikTok. So that would mean, you know, things like tickets and merch and, and those types of things. So these TikTok users, um, they're valuable. Uh, they're, they consume more than the average Joe. And we've been spending a lot of time talking about super fans, and that certainly fits a lot of these TikTok users. They are super fans, and they spend more time. They are very active, creative, uh, in, and also curious. And that's, you know, when, when we were marketing music, you always want to reach out to those curious people that are wanting to expand their horizons. Yeah. And clearly that's what TikTok brings to the table for a lot of the folks on TikTok. Yeah. So yeah, to a lot of people that some of this, uh, was obvious. Um, but you have to look, you have to look at the, the data, you have to look at these numbers and see what you can, uh, bring from it. But it sort of just puts an exclamation point on our conversation about, you know, you, you can't force virality. You just have to do the best you can with what you're doing. And, 
you know, you, you can't count on that. So really great piece, uh, Elias Late. Um, also a really great report, you know, from uh, TikTok and Luminate. A uh, lot of great stuff this week. Indeed. And let's get jump up to our last story, Jay. It's from Variety, and this was a wild one. YouTube launches test of AI music generator that can mimic Demi Lovato, John Legend, Charlie Puth, <laughs> Troy Sivan, and T-Pain, and more. Wow. What an interesting story. Well, you this. know what? It, it, it's really interesting to me, and this, this was written by Todd Spangler for uh, Variety. Mm-hmm. We thought that as AI started um, infiltrating the music industry, that the industry would try to kill it like they did the MP3 and many, many things uh, before, um, before they embrace it. But early on, Universal partnered with Endel, you know, and there've been a lot of these collaborations and uh, some of these companies like BandLab are doing some amazing things. And when I saw that YouTube was actually moving forward with this, this sort of a test of this AI music generator, there are sites out there um, that you can find that do this stuff. And if you look at Bobby mm-hmm. Osinski's book that we were talking about, there are tons of sites where they, they use AI to generate, you know, voices in other people, you know, whether it's celebrity or they have their own, you know. Um, it's, it's a whole new world when you have something like YouTube who says, look, we're going to strike these agreements and licenses, and we're going to do this right. And uh, they've done it, and it's really cool. And see what happens. YouTube announced new AI music experiments. It has been developing with Google's DeepMind Artificial Intelligence Lab. The most interesting and possibly most disorienting of YouTube's AI tests is DreamTrack in YouTube Shorts. And here's how it works. A user types an idea into the creation prompt and selects a participating artist then voila, it produces an original song snippet up to 30 seconds in length featuring the AI-generated voice of that artist. That's pretty cool. YouTube is working with nine artists right now that have agreed to collaborate on this dream track experiment. Uh, Alec Benjamin, Charlie Puth, Charlie XCX, Demi Lovato, John Legend, Papoose, Sia, T-Pain, many others. So this is going to be fun because these are people, these are artists that you're familiar with, you know their music. Um, and I'm glad that they've got some of these bigger names. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, and here's what Demi Lovato said. She said, the development of AI technology is rapidly changing the way we navigate the landscape. And I believe as artists, we need to be part of shaping what the future looks like. My career has been about pushing boundaries and creating the most interesting music for my fans. I am open-minded and hopeful that this experiment with Google and YouTube will be a positive and enlightening experience. Well, there you go. Yeah. It says a dream track, which is powered by Lyria, Google DeepMind's most advanced music generation model to date, according to uh, the video platform. Currently, DreamTrack and YouTube's other early AI music tools are only available to a small group of artists and creators, uh, YouTube said, adding that it's encouraging feedback to inform future products and tools. So this is really just the start. It is. So uh, Lear Cohen, of course, who's the YouTube head of music, says at this initial phase, the experiment is designed to help explore how the technology could be used to create deeper connections between artists and creators and ultimately their fans. 
Uh, yeah. He said the exec likens AI advances to music and the advent of the synthesizer, which changed the face of electronic and rock music. Hmm. All right. Yeah. And you got to check out some of these videos um, yes. that are on YouTube. It's like introducing Dream Track, and one's Charlie Puth, one's uh, T Pain. And in a statement, you know, Charlie Puth said, I'm extremely excited and inspired. YouTube has been a great partner in outlining their approach to AI and, and it understands the needs to work together to develop this technology responsibly, uh, ensuring that it will accelerate creativity instead of replacing it. That's right. And T-Pain said, I've always been about pushing the boundaries of technology and harnessing it make, and harnessing it to make the most interesting music for my fans. Who knows what the future holds but joining hands with YouTube and Google to help shape that future feels like a great first step. Yeah, this is uh, this is big um, because it's YouTube with so many users. This you know yes. this isn't some niche uh, AI startup somewhere. So uh, kudos to the team over at YouTube for making this a, a reality. Um, I can't wait. Uh, they, they have a sort of a sizzle reel um, that I have in your morning coffee this week, and it's called um, An Early Look at the Possibilities, uh, AI Music Experiments. And it's also in this article, this YouTube sizzle reel on AI for music tools. Uh, check it out. Um, things are moving along very quickly. Very fast. And But, you know, listen, grabbing artists like like this to do some sort of a, a, a test template, so to speak. Um, and I will come back to what you said or what you were when we were early on when we were talking about this, you thought that this might actually create an entirely different ecosystem of streaming. And, and the more that we information kind of comes out about this, the more I'm thinking that that's probably a good call. You know, it's, it's very interesting and it yeah. really opens up so many different doors of to what could be. Yeah. And it kind of is, is head spinning. Right. And it's getting better so fast. When I first yes. started hearing some of these deep fakes, you know, where they take, you know, um, I don't know, somebody's voice and they put it on somebody else's music. And we heard that uh, A-Isis, you know, that new Oasis track mm -hmm. or Freddie Mercury from Queen with his, his vocals being placed on, you know, somebody else's track. The first ones we heard, you know, they were okay, you, but you could tell it wasn't the real artist. Then they started getting better and they're exponentially better. Um, the ones I'm hearing now, they sound legit. They sound ridiculous. And, you know, we talked to Jessica Powell, you know, from Audio Shake, and it still seems like voodoo and witchcraft to me that you can take a me song too. that's baked yeah. in and, you know, <laughs> you can separate those into stems. And, you know, as Jack Bogdan said, you know, from, uh, from Astral, you know, this, this technology is moving so quickly, so fast, you know, you just need to embrace it. And one of my favorite quotes of the week was, it's sort of like you make a, a banana milkshake. And then once you've got it all made, you take the banana out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a great way of saying it. But, you know, just I, I remember and I'm sure you're the same way, you know, like, uh, you know, being a young person and playing in bands and trying to learn parts. And, you know, you would just sit there and, you know, you've you've been in the studio when you're mixing. You know, a lot of times they'll pull stuff down and push stuff back up. And so it's really hard sometimes to hear the like, let's say, the entire piano part of a given song or the entire bass part. It, 
and I've been using it for this purpose to, to kind of learn solos and to learn exactly what a player is playing on a track. And it's it's so easy. <laughs> you just pop it in and yeah. out comes the synthesizer part or the guitar part. And it's, it's like it's amazing. And like you said, the it, it was good to begin with, but it's getting so much better every week. Yeah. And I can't wait to see where this is going, you know, because this has been around like a week and a half. So what happens 18 months from now, two years from now, yeah. where is that technology going to be with all of these uh, AI technologies? It's super exciting. Yes, it's a little bit scary as well, um, but we're going to have to build this plane while it's in the air. Yes, we are indeed. And on that note, we're going to wrap up the show. If you enjoy our show, make sure you tell one friend, Jay, and I would certainly appreciate it. And big thanks to Banzoogle, Hypebot, Bands in Town, and the Music Business Association. And thanks to you, the listener. Boy, Jay and I do not take it for granted. So on that note, on behalf of Jay Gilbert, my good friend, I say big thanks. And we'll see you next time on the Your Morning Coffee podcast. You've been listening to Your Morning Coffee, the weekly music news program for the new music business. Join Jay Gilbert and Mike Etchard next time for the digital music news you need to know.